What's up, food eaters? This is the Food Labels Revealed podcast with your host, Mel Weinstein, the self-described, self-effacing, and self-professed prophet of processed foods. This is episode number 70. Today's episode is devoted to plant-based meats. Way back in March 2020, in episode number 49, I first talked about plant-based meats becoming mainstreamed in the U.S. food supply. That trend actually started back in 2018 and has rapidly expanded ever since. These meat analogs started popping up in grocery stores and fast food chains. I always thought that, that these products will have hit the big time if McDonald's ever jumped in. Well, that time is now. After observing its rivals, one after another, offering alternative meats to their customers, McDonald's finally realized that they were behind the eight ball and rapidly losing market share. So now, pretty much, they're the last player to belly up to the bar. Before getting to the latest McDonald's venture, let's look at a short history of plant-based foods being rolled out into fast food restaurants. The following list is not comprehensive as I have only focused on the big volume restaurants. There are plenty of smaller chains that have followed suit. In 2018, White Castle, one of the first, shocked the fast food world by releasing the Impossible Slider. In the next year, they offered a non-dairy cheese option, making the sandwich vegan. In 2018, TGI Fridays rolled out their Beyond Burger, dressed up like their famous entree. In 2019, Burger King introduced the Impossible Whopper in limited markets. In 2019, Carl's Jr., added the Beyond Famous Star Burger to their menu at participating low locations. It has since been replaced by the Beyond Fiery Famous Star Burger, which packs some heat. In 2019, Duncan started offering the Beyond Sausage Breakfast Sandwich, touting environmental benefits. In 2019, Little Caesars added Impossible Sausage as a topping for their pizzas in limited markets. In 2019 again, Subway began offering Beyond Meat in their Beyond Meatball Marinara Sandwich. Again in 2019, the Cheesecake Factory added their own version of the Impossible Burger, including special sauce and a brioche bun. In 2020, Denny's announced that it would introduce Beyond Burgers throughout the United States and Canada. In 2020, Starbucks started carrying the Impossible Breakfast Sandwich with a faux sausage patty. And then in 2021, A&W introduced a Beyond Meat Burger. I imagine the current ever-continuing pandemic handicapped the entry of plant-based meats into other restaurants, but I don't think that train will be slowed for long. Beyond Meat is in negotiations with Yum Brands, which owns KFC, Pizza Hut, and Taco Bell. Huge chains. They uh, hope to meet the needs of consumers trying to reduce their meat consumption. 
This trend is here to stay, and as more innovative food companies develop new meat analog products, I see faux meats continuing to grow in the restaurant sector. So, now let's take a look at what McDonald's is doing. In November 2021, not too long ago, McDonald's ran a market test on its McPlant meatless burger in eight select franchises across the country, for example, in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and Irving, Texas. Those restaurants sold over 70 sandwiches per day compared to the average of 110 Big Macs. A McDonald's executive forecast sales of 8 to 10 percent are roughly $190 million per year. A more widespread rollout is expected in mid-February 2022 in the San Francisco Bay and Dallas-Fort Worth areas. At the core of the McPlant sandwich is a Beyond Beef Burger. In a little bit, I'll pit that burger against the quarter pounder with cheese in terms of ingredients and nutrition. But first, let's look at the Beyond Meat Company. A little bit of history. This company appears to have come out of nowhere in the last decade. Actually, that perception is pretty much on target. The company was started in 2009, only 13 years ago, by Ethan Brown. Given his background in public policy and interest in environmentally friendly technology, he didn't seem a likely entrepreneur in the alternative meats industry. However, he was a vegetarian in high school and so had a vested interest in the subject. And fortunately, in 2009, he met two food scientists, Harold Huff and Fu Hong Se, at the University of Missouri who had invented a soy product that resembled chicken meat. Brown had the foresight to negotiate a licensing deal and soon thereafter created Beyond Chicken Strips, which hit the national market in 2013. Later, Brown's company went on to create plant-based versions of beef and pork. These innovations caught on with some high-profile investors like Bill Gates and Tyson Foods. By 2018, Beyond Meat had raised $72 million in venture capital, and then in 2019, they were the first plant-based meat company to go public. The initial public offering valued the company at $3.8 billion. Beyond Meat has several manufacturing facilities in the U.S. and has also expanded to markets in Europe and China. In China, it plans to sell a version of plant-based minced pork. Let's turn our attention to the McPlant Burger. On Wednesday, January 26th, after McDonald's reported on the initial success of its new product, Shares of its stock rose by 1% in early trading, and Beyond Meat's stock price rose nearly 3%. As usual, these kinds of products tend to debut in other countries first, so a few European markets had already seen it. The new burger is now available at all of the McD restaurants in the United Kingdom. So, what does a McPlant burger look like? It really does have the look of a quarter pounder with cheese, but with a few differences. Of course, there's the bun, the patty, the onions, ketchup, mustard, pickles, and American cheese. 
but in addition, it has tomato, lettuce, and mayonnaise. Plus, it comes with just a single slice of cheese. Let's break it down. First, I'll start with the ingredients. The patty has a mess of ingredients in it. There are 19 of them. Unlike earlier episodes of this podcast, I am not going to discuss each item on the list ad nauseum. Most of them I have talked about before. However, I will discuss the unique ones and their functionality. However, if you want to see the full list, you can click on the McDonald's links in the show notes. The number one ingredient is water. Unless you're talking about a very liquidly product like a beverage or soup, it's pretty unusual for water to to lead the list of ingredients. Of course, that means that water, the cheapest ingredient of all time, is the most prevalent in this burger. The second ingredient, pea protein, is the crux of the burger. That's where it happens. It's what gives the burger its meat-like texture. Thinking back maybe five years ago, near the uh, beginning of the entrance of the show, I can't remember seeing pea protein as a food ingredient. Now it's very common, primarily due to the evolution of meat analogs. It's interesting to note how the food industry can change so rapidly. Nowadays, you can buy pea protein powder at Amazon. Now, how do you squeeze protein out of a pea? Peas are not known as great sources of protein. A cup of peas weighs about 145 grams, but each cup has only about 8 grams of protein. So that's 5.5% protein content. Not exactly steak material, but it can be transformed. Depending on the degree of refining, pea protein powder can contain around 90% protein. Note the word refined. A complex process is required to isolate pea protein, so this food ingredient is considered highly processed. The third and fourth ingredients in the list are canola oil, and coconut oil. Not really unique, but their presence is essential. Keep in mind throughout this presentation that the primary purpose of the Beyond Burger is to mimic the properties of beef. A great deal of food science research was required to attain that goal. Back to the oil. A typical hamburger patty weighing 113 grams, that's a quarter pound, has about 20 grams of fat, or 18%. A large portion is saturated fat or solid fat at room temperature. The canola oil in the Beyond Burger is liquid fat, but the coconut oil is a solid fat. Apparently, the combo of canola and coconut oil mimics the beef fat. The fifth ingredient is the ubiquitous and deceptive natural flavors, a rather meaningless term since it could represent thousands of chemicals or combinations thereof. But for this burger, it's a very important ingredient. The Beyond Burger doesn't just need to look like a beef burger, but it needs to taste like one to appeal to customers. Keep in mind, 
that the primary target consumers are not just vegetarians. They are customers who are looking for the gustatory experience of a hamburger without the downsides of animal meat. In the last few decades, the flavor industry has advanced to such an extent that they can provide food manufacturers with pretty much any flavoring agent they want, which can imitate the natural flavors in foods. It's really a matter of tricking the brain. The number seven and number eight ingredients are methyl cellulose and potato starch. Something needs to hold the constituent parts of the burger together so it doesn't fall apart when cooking or eating. As binders, these ingredients fulfill that role. The number nine and number 11 ingredients are apple extract and pomegranate extract. I have to admit, that the presence of these ingredients baffles me. The only explanation I can come up with is that they provide some sweetness to the burger, but why does a burger need to be sweet? Is it simply to satisfy America's sweet tooth? That just doesn't make sense to me. Alternatively, maybe they're acting as coloring agents. Pomegranate extract has a red color, so maybe its purpose is to mimic the blood in beef burgers. But that doesn't make sense to me either, since the number 18 ingredient is beet juice, a more typical red coloring for meat analogs. By the way, the origin of the word pomegranate is interesting. It comes from the Latin phrase pomum granatus which means seeded apple. If you've ever eaten a pomegranate, you know what I'm talking about. Here's an interesting fact about pomegranate juice. Preliminary research studies indicate that the juice may slow the progression of hardening of the arteries. Ingredient number 16 is an odd one, carrot powder. Why is that in the burger? Just like taste, food appearance is important to customers. My guess here is that carrot powder, which is orange, combines with the red color of beet juice to produce a red-orange color that better imitates the natural color of ground beef. One last thing about the McPlant burger. There's a warning in the ingredient list which states, quote, peas are legumes. People with severe allergies to legumes like peanuts should be cautious when introducing pea protein into their diet because of the possibility of a pea allergy, end quote. Hmm, I wonder if McDonald's posts this warning on their menu board. Since I never eat at McDonald's restaurants, I'll probably never know. The common components of the two hamburgers, like the bun, ketchup, mustard, pasteurized processed cheese, and pickle slices, are identical between the two menu items. The bun has 29 ingredients, the ketchup has 7, the mustard has 7 also, the cheese has 10, the pickle slices have 10, the McPlant burger also has Roma tomatoes and shredded lettuce, both single ingredients. The last processed component, mayonnaise, not found in the quarter pounder, has 8 ingredients. 
Note that the McPlant burger is not vegan approved since it contains milk and egg products, although most vegetarians would be okay with it. The total number of ingredients comes to 92, including vitamins, minerals, water, and duplicates. If I just count the ingredients I consider significantly processed, the result is 60. So, dividing 60 by 92, 65% of the ingredients in the McPlant burger are significantly processed. Not what I would consider a health food from that perspective. Too many ingredients and too many made in factories. Next comes the nutritional profile of the McPlant burger. Here is the breakdown. There are 510 calories, fairly hefty. 27 grams of fat, that's 35% of the daily value. Of those, 8 grams are saturated fat, that's 41% of the daily value. And there are 0 grams of trans fat. There is also 25 milligrams of cholesterol, that's 8% of the daily value. Now, all of that comes from the cheese and the eggs, which are in the mayonnaise. There are 45 grams of carbs, that's 17% of the daily value. Of those, 11 grams are the sugars, and that's a significant amount of sugar. I wonder again, why is the sweetness so necessary? And then, and then the rest of the carbs uh, we have for fiber, there's 5 grams of fiber, that's 16% of the daily value. That's okay, but it's not a fantastic amount. There are 22 grams of protein. Uh, it is a significant amount in a sandwich. 1040 milligrams of sodium, that's 50%, and that's over the top. You know, American uh, fast food eaters love their salt. Then there are four minerals and vitamins mentioned, but the amounts are not given, only the daily values. Although from the daily value, you could actually calculate the amounts if you want. But just sticking with the, with the DVs, there's iron at 30%, calcium at 8%, potassium at 6%, and vitamin D, zero, zilch amount in the burger. Now, let's look at McDonald's quarter pounder with cheese. The number of ingredients in the patty is just one, beef. The other components, the bun, ketchup, mustard, pasteurized, processed American cheese, and pickle slices are all identical to the McPlant burger. The total number of ingredients is 65, including vitamins, minerals, water, and duplicates. So if you just count those ingredients which are considered significantly processed, the result is 43. If you divide 43 by 65, you get 66% of the ingredients in the quarter pounder are significantly processed. To summarize, the quarter pounder with cheese has 65 ingredients, with 66% of them significantly processed, compared to the McPlant burger containing 92 ingredients, with 65% of them significantly processed. The McPlant burger has 27 more ingredients than the quarter pounder. Remember when I stated that the plant-based burger is engineered to match the beef burger as much as possible? Here is one clue. Each burger essentially has the same percentage of significantly processed ingredients. Interesting. 
Here is the nutritional profile of the quarter pounder with cheese. There are 520 calories, 26 grams of fat, that's 33% of the daily value of those fat grams, 12 are saturated fat, that's 62% of the daily value, and one and a half grams are trans fat. Then there's 95 milligrams of cholesterol, that's 32% of the daily value, 42 grams of carb, at 15% of the daily value of those carbs, 10 grams are total sugars, and 2 grams are fiber, and that's 9% of the daily value. There is a hefty amount of protein, 30 grams, uh, also, a large amount of sodium, 1140 milligrams, that's 50% of the daily value. Uh, again, the iron, calcium, potassium, and vitamin D levels are not provided, but the daily values are. So for iron, that's 25%, calcium 15%, potassium 8%, and vitamin D 0%. So let's compare the nutritional profiles for these two burgers. The nutritional profiles support even more the notion that the plant-based burger was designed to imitate the beef one. Just look at these comparisons. Plant will be the first number versus meat. 510 calories versus 520. Those are some close numbers. 27 grams of total fat versus 26 grams, almost identical. 45 grams of carbs versus 42 grams, very close. 11 grams of sugar versus 10 grams, almost identical. 1040 milligrams of sodium versus 1140 milligrams, again, pretty close. 30% daily value of iron versus 25%. 6% daily value of potassium versus 8%. And both of them have 0% daily value of vitamin D. Now let's look at the, the variations in the nutritional profiles. Okay, again, we'll start with the uh, plant-based burger first, followed by the uh, meat one. There are 8 grams of saturated fat versus 12 grams. The higher saturated fat in the beef burger is mostly due to the extra slice of cheese. There are 0 grams of trans fat versus 1.5 grams. Since the burgers are pretty comparable in components, this difference is likely due just to the beef. There are 25 milligrams of cholesterol versus 95 milligrams. Uh, this is a big difference. Obviously, the, the meat, the beef, carries a considerable cholesterol load. So that makes the difference here. 22 grams of protein versus 30 grams. Again, the beef accounts for the difference. It's challenging to match the protein content of meat with a plant-based analog, although 22 grams for the McPlant burger, it's a pretty good showing. Finally, there's 8% daily value calcium versus 15%. The extra cheese in the quarter pounder accounts for this difference. All right, let's summarize. McDonald's and the Beyond Meat Company 
constructed the McPlant burger to look eerily like the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Its target consumer groups are vegetarians who can eat eggs and dairy and people who are trying to change their meat-centric ways by cutting back on beef consumption for dietary or health reasons. The sandwich won't work for vegans unless the American cheese and mayonnaise are excluded. Some vegetarians will also reject the McPlant burger since McDonald's does not provide a dedicated grill for it. The burger is cooked on the same grills that are used for the beef burgers. A claim can be made that the McPlant burger is more processed than the quarter pounder. That's true, given that the McPlant has 27 more ingredients. However, the percentage of highly processed ingredients is very similar. How much does the McPlant burger cost? Unless you're living in one of the limited markets that it's available in right now, that question is hard to answer. A rough cost can be obtained by converting the price of the burger presently in the United Kingdom, that's 3.49 pounds, and you know it's currently mainstream there and when it's converted to US dollars the result is four dollars and sixty-nine cents however I suspect that the actual price in the US will be higher as McDonald's may take advantage of high demand the quarter pounder with cheese in central Illinois is five dollars and nineteen cents so I'd be very surprised if the McPlant costs less than its mirror image, likely more. Although the McPlant burger is designed to imitate the quarter pounder with cheese in almost all respects, there are a few nutritional advantages for the McPlant burger. There's four times less cholesterol, there's a lower amount of saturated fat, and there's slightly more fiber. What about customer reviews? Here's what a few people had to say. Quote, My first thought when tucking into the new McPlant burger at McDonald's was, is this not just a real burger? I will admit I don't eat beef burgers often as I am a bigger fan of chicken, but as far as I can tell, this burger was pretty similar to the real thing and I could barely taste a difference. Going off of texture and look alone, the patty, which was co-developed with Beyond Meat, looks so akin to beef that I had to double-check the app to make sure I definitely ordered the McPlant. End quote. Here's another one. Quote, but there's really not much to rave about when it comes to the McPlant. It boasts a flavor that's definitely somewhere in the vicinity of beefy, but the patty is arguably a little under-seared, leaving it a bit floppy and hard to manage, especially while eating in the car. It could also benefit from more seasoning, and a dash of mustard would add a touch of acidic balance to all the richness from the mayo and grill grease. But those are all things that could also be said about McDonald's beef burgers. Even though the McPlant isn't exactly earth-shattering, it's a perfectly serviceable burger in a pinch, especially when you're road-tripping or in desperate need of a late-night meatless meal. End quote. And here's a third one. 
Quote, the McPlant is not something I'd advise for anyone who's after a gourmet burger experience. This is very much a business-as-usual McDonald's burger that just happens to be plant-based, but if that's what you're after, then the McPlant truly delivers. The mix of sauces and that slightly dubious lettuce-gherkin combo give the full Mackey's experience, and while it could be improved by seasoning it, it as they would a, a quarter pounder, the patty is a Beyond Meat burger, so it's actually a bit fancier than the standard McDonald's single, end quote. Here's uh, the last review. Quote, going into this taste test with low expectations, I'm pleasantly surprised by the McPlant burger. The sauciness and juiciness of the burger especially impresses, a factor that sometimes disappoints with fast food. The vegan cheese is nicer than expected, too. The flavor not too strong or overpowering. And while gherkins split opinions, for me, they were the cherry on top of the burger. End quote. Note, I have to mention, vegan cheese is available in the United Kingdom, but not in the USA. All right, so there you had some reviews, uh, a little bit mixed. That's all for today, food eaters. I think we got a little glimpse of the future as regards fast food restaurants. If you know other people who would enjoy this podcast, please share it through your digital app by sending a link in a text or by sharing in your social media pages. To all the listeners in podcast land, old and new, I appreciate you tuning in. If you have a little more time, I'd greatly appreciate a five-star rating and review at the iTunes store. That will help spread the word about this podcast. If you have an Apple smartphone, bring up the podcast library and select the Food Labels Revealed podcast. Scroll to the bottom until you see ratings and reviews and click on Write a Review. If you don't have a streaming device, you can find all the episodes of Food Labels Revealed and their show notes at the hosting website called Podbean. That's at www.podbean.com or just by Googling Food Labels Revealed. And I can be reached at foodlabelsrevealed at gmail.com. Until later, remember this. If you want to eat well and keep yourself healthy, eat food mainly from natural plants, not manufacturing plants. The outro music piece is called El Gringo, composed by Kinemesis Music. Thank you.